Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast, your source for sports entertainment, incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week. That's right. I'm Tom Barton, and we are Wagering Week. A lot of good news coming down the pipe, and I couldn't just be more excited. I really could not be more excited. We're going to have a good show today. We have actual lines of actual sporting events that are actually going to take place. That's right. The country is getting back, and sports is getting back. Facebook and Twitter, check us out on all the social media components out there. Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N, 855. The number four G A R T E N, iHeart, iTunes Radio, any of our fine syndicated affiliates, sportsgarden.com, SoundCloud over at SportsGarden. Anywhere you can listen to us, make sure that you are listening. We have a lot to talk about. Like I said, we'll give a coronavirus update with all good news, good news, good news, good news. Mm, I'm hoping with Major League Baseball we stay with the good news, but we'll get into that. I have a little bit of news from the NHL. Oh, a little bit? No, we got lots of news from the NHL, and that's where we're going to start off. Look, I usually have been starting this off with coronavirus updates. No, 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 not today. That is not what we're starting off with because the NHL has put together a plan, and they are coming back. That's right. Gary Bettman has said on Tuesday the league will return with a 24-team playoff tournament. The 2019-2020 regular season is now officially over. So this gets into a lot of questions, and we'll get into the betting aspect of this. Don't worry. First, let's talk about it. The top 12 teams in each conference— as of the March 12th pause in play, will be in the 24th playoff tournament. That means the Sabres, Devils, Senators, Red Wings, Ducks, Kings, and Sharks have been eliminated. Tournament games are expected to take place in two cities. Las Vegas, Toronto, Chicago, Columbus, Edmonton, Dallas, L.A., Minnesota, Vancouver, and Pittsburgh are all in the running for hosting duties. There'll be a follow-up announcement shortly. Uh, Bettman suggested that it might take about a month to fully get this going. Training camp should get started in early July, and then we are off and running. So let me tell you uh, my thoughts here before I go into the actual teams. We'll comment just quickly right on the actual news and where this might be played. Let's go over the cities again. Las Vegas, Toronto, Chicago, Columbus, Edmonton, Dallas, L.A., Minnesota, Vancouver, and Pittsburgh. I think that we all understand it will be very difficult to have the Canadian influence here. I think as an NHL fan, as a hockey fan, we all would assume you want one city in Canada, one city in America. Canadian travel the going through countries might be a little difficult, especially after this. We don't know. We don't know what the world is going to look like in three weeks. We really don't. And what a weird statement that is. But we really don't know where the world is going to be in three weeks or a month or a month and a half. Uh, We hope that it's better and we hope that it's good. But if Bettman has to make a decision now, I would just personally look. This is where I'm going with it. I would eliminate Vancouver, Edmonton, and Toronto. And I know... Hockey fans want, desperately want it to be in Canada. I just believe that the travel uh, is just going to be a little rough. So let's see the other alternatives now. Vegas, Chicago, Columbus. Okay, I'm eliminating Chicago because their restrictions are pretty big. I spoke to a couple of friends in Chicago in the last week or so. 
they they're not even thinking that they're going to be op- able to open up bars and stuff until mid July. So the restrictions in Chicago leave that out. It would be the same with if New York and New Jersey are on this list, which they're not. I think Los Angeles is another place where I think the coronavirus hit too hard. I think it's just too many restrictions, too many obstacles to get over. So that leaves us with Las Vegas, Columbus, Dallas, Minnesota, and Pittsburgh. I think Dallas is almost a guarantee. I think Dallas makes the most sense. Texas has been opened for a while. Texas did not get hit with corona. They didn't really even care to shut down. Uh, we know that they have uh, their their idea of no state tax, which helps them. They are a big, Dallas is a very big community where they could house all the NHL players. It's in a central time zone, which makes a lot of sense. I think Dallas is going to be one of my finals. So Vegas, Chicago, Vegas, Columbus, Minnesota, Pittsburgh. Columbus, I, I don't think it's big enough to kind of make that kind of impact. Minnesota makes a lot of sense. Minnesota makes a lot of sense because Minnesota has hosted Super Bowls. They know that the capacity that they can have all these kind of people. They they have Minnesota, the the legacy of what hockey is. They are pretty close to Canada, so if people were able to travel back and forth, maybe that'll help out. Pittsburgh makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't think that they'll do that because of the East Coast time zone. I think they want to stay away from that. Central makes a lot of sense. And again, it's very close. Pennsylvania is another state that was hit very, very hard uh, with at least the shutdown, which I think will hinder them. So to me, it's between Vegas and Minnesota. I would love to tell you that Vegas should get this. The arena is fantastic. The accommodations are, are just absolutely fantastic. But are they okay? Are they okay enough? Some places are telling you that, well, we have to be half distancing. They're not taking reservations. Some hotels are not in full. I think it would help Las Vegas more than anywhere else. But I have a feeling that they're not going to grant this to Las Vegas. I think we're going to be looking at Minnesota and Dallas. Both in the middle of the country, one on the north, one on the south. You're able to kind of host in different areas. I think that that's what we're looking at. But, ladies and gentlemen, we do have NHL. To further go on with that, the Hurricanes were one of two teams to not vote yes on the 24-team playoff tournament. You start to ask yourself maybe why. Well, it's not that they don't want to play. It's that they went from an 80% chance to make the playoffs in the best of five. Um, Well, they also have lost 31 of the last 37 matchups against the Rangers, and that's who they'll play or are supposed to be scheduled to play. Eh, Maybe maybe that played a little little role in it. I don't know. Very possibly. So let's talk about it. Here's City 1, City 2. That's how we're breaking it up, guys. It's going to be City 1, City 2. The number one seed in City 1, Boston. Tampa is 2. Washington is 3. Philly is 4. Pittsburgh is 5. Carolina is 6. The Islanders is 7. Toronto's 8. Columbus is 9. Florida is 10. Rangers 11. Montreal is 12. So you see there is a shakeup. There is a difference. It is strictly going in order here. So if they did this in a playoff type of tournament, in a formatting type of tournament, Boston will play Montreal, Tampa Bay will play the Rangers, Washington, Florida, Philadelphia, Columbus, Pittsburgh, Toronto, Carolina Islanders. That's how that would go. City 2, 
St. Louis is the one seed. Colorado, Vegas, Dallas, Edmonton, Nashville, Vancouver, Calgary, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Arizona, Chicago. St. Louis would play Chicago. Colorado would play Arizona. Vegas, Minnesota, Winnipeg, Dallas, Edmonton, Calgary, Nashville, Vancouver. If we're doing it in order, that's what we have. Okay, that's the order that we're looking at, and that will give us the NHL. Now, let's go into a, a little further, and let's have a, a lot of fun today because we love talking odds. I have odds! That's right, I have the best of five NHL play-in series from Jeff Fer uh, Sherman from the Superbook USA. Let's talk about it. Blue Jackets against the Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs minus 160. Blue Jackets plus 140. Oh, that is a pretty good one. Now, remember, I gave you the rankings of 1 to 12 if they played 1 to 12, but this is the NHL style that it's not going to be based on strictly record. You have division winners. That's why I gave you what it should be. Now, here's what it actually is. Blue Jackets against Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs minus 160 against the Blue Jackets, although Columbus is a 9 seed and Toronto's an 8 seed. So, so okay, <laughs> right? That's a little, a little strange, but this is what the NHL is doing. Now, Maple Leafs, I've talked about this in the past. I think they are one of the more dangerous teams. They are getting healthy. They are a team that was uh, really, I think, hurt as much as anybody else by injuries this year. And the Maple Leafs get a really good break right I mean that's what you're doing uh, you look at guys like Babic yeah that's that's a good one Keith uh, you know is he gonna come back and and how effective well after a 9 10 and 4 start under Babic Toronto posted a 27 15 and 5 record under Keith so yeah Keith is it showed he's got that momentum it, that's what he has showed the Maple Leafs had a lot of injuries. Riley and Muzin were both injured. That's a problem. Are they able to return? Will they be healthy? These are the questions that we're going to have to ask ourselves as we move forward. I like the Maple Leafs in that spot. I think they are one of the teams that benefit from this layoff. Penguins minus 190 over the Canadians, plus 170. You got to like Pittsburgh in this spot. Look, Pittsburgh is a, a just a superior team. It's a five seed against what would be a 12 seed in this spot. So a significantly superior team. Pittsburgh, though, gets a lot of that superiority from being at home. If this is uh, a tournament, I don't love Pittsburgh moving on in a uh, going deep, let's say, in a neutral site situation. But I do like Pittsburgh to clearly win round one, minus 190, a little hefty of a price. Let's talk about the Hurricanes and Rangers. I mentioned it. The Rangers have won 31 of 37 against the Hurricanes. Hurricanes minus 150, Rangers plus 130. I am all over the Rangers plus the 130. I am all over the Rangers plus the 130. How do you not? You can't look at 31 of 37 and tell me there's no value in a plus 130. I know the Hurricanes are a dangerous team. I get it. And the Hurricanes are a team that have explosiveness, and they are fast. Uh, we know that the Hurricanes are absolutely lightning fast. I like to see numbers. I like to see history. I like to see the matchups, and the Rangers have numbers, history, and their matchup advantage is fantastic. The Rangers are a young team. They were still kind of gelling, but I think they have the talent to take it. At a plus-130 number, I like it. Panthers, Islanders. Islanders are even. Panthers are minus 120. 
Panthers are all about a goalie that they didn't have last year, but we know in the playoffs, I don't care if it's this weird Corona playoffs, it doesn't matter. Get a hot goalie, you're going to look good. And the Islanders, a ton of their playoff success came last year because of Lerner, who is, is no longer part of the team. The Islanders do, however, play tremendous defense. And when you start to talk about the playoffs, defense, defense, and more defense. I think the Islanders at even and the Rangers plus 130 are two excellent bets. And I'm not a big New York hockey fan, okay? This is not any kind of skewed numbers. This is just value. The Rangers plus 130 is my best bet, and I'll take the Islanders at even money and take a shot here. Jets and Flames, minus 110, minus 110 for the Jets at the Flames. It's a toss-up. I mean, it's a toss-up on the numbers, and it's a toss-up for where we sit. There's no other way around it. This is a toss-up situation. The Jets and the Flames are both two teams that you can see not only winning this game, but potentially going pretty deep. The Flames were supposed to be an eight seed. Okay, so that's where you have that. They're supposed to be an eight seed here. Uh, they're, they're better than that. And Winnipeg's a nine seed. They are an eight, nine, nine playing. It's a minus 110 across the board. To me, that means stay away. I, I guess I'm leaning Winnipeg slightly, uh, but this is a coin flip, and I'll stay away. Oilers, Blackhawks, Oilers minus 150, Blackhawks plus 130. I'm sorry, Chicago, you didn't belong in the playoffs. I know you had a little, a uh, couple of weak bursts there that looked good. Chicago doesn't belong in the playoffs. They don't. They squeaked in. They have barely over a 500 record. They are a team that should not be in this position. Now, I'm not a huge backer of the Oilers, okay? I'm not jumping all over Edmonton here, but they are another team that has just the talent is almost overflowing where you have got to like the Oilers. I'll take the Oilers. And I think it's a reasonable price at 150. I was hoping a 135 or a 140. At 150, it's still a reasonable price. I'll be taking them. Predators, Coyotes, Predators minus 125, Coyotes plus 105. Oh, okay. Again, this is a pretty good price. Nashville is a six seed. Okay, 565 winning percentage for Nashville against a Coyote team in Arizona that I do not believe. They'd be an 11 seed. I don't believe they should be in the playoffs. I think this is a clear Nashville advantage. I don't think that Nashville is as good as they were last year, but I certainly don't think that Arizona should be calling themselves a playoff team. I get it. They're in. They're in the tournament. They're not even the last seed. I get it. But you look at it, they have the third worst winning percentage in the league. In the entire NHL, the third worst winning percentage of, of these playoff teams. Nashville at 125, I think it's kind of a gift. I think it's a gift. And then you have the Wild at Canucks. Canucks minus 140, Wild plus 120. Uh, you know, Vancouver is a team that you look at and, and you go, what could they be? I like Vancouver a lot. I don't like a minus the 140 here, plus 120 for Minnesota. They might have a home game. Remember that. Look, I didn't talk about the Boston, the Tampa, the Washington, the I didn't talk about those teams because, you know, they're not playing right now. They're not going to be in that this original numbers. So you look there. Let's talk about these these closer games. And I don't love the Wild plus 120, but they might be playing a home game. And that 120 might be a good value now before they announce the teams. Just because they might be playing a home game. If they're playing a home game, you got to like them. Even if I get it, there might not be people in the stands. It, it It's still your home ice. 
you, you kind of know it. Look, we talk about the parquet floor in Boston. You knew where the wet spot was, right? Every team, regardless of fans, still has a little bit of an advantage. So that's where we're looking. If I'm breaking the numbers down, I'll take a, a look at that wild, but I probably won't be betting the wild there. I do like the Oilers. Minus the 150, I think that that's a pretty solid bet, and I don't mind laying the 150. I do like the Maple Leafs, minus the 160, but it's it's a little dangerous to me. I, I'll take it, though. I'll tell you, for the series prices, I'll be on the Oilers. I will be on the Maple Leafs, and I'm on both New York teams. I think the Islanders and the Rangers both offer some value. I like the Rangers plus the 130 because it is just, to me, tremendous, tremendous value. So that's where we look for that. Now, I do have some answers, ladies and gentlemen. I have some answers about what happens to your tickets. And there are a number of different answers. So I want to go through what is going on here on a betting angle. I want to talk to you about what are we looking at from the betting lens. One of the most asked questions that I have had over the course of the last two years on this show are about futures plays. When do they play at pay out? How do they pay out? What is the fine print? And, and what's going on? Well, the NHL ends their season. They award division championships. Okay? They award playoff teams. 24 teams are in the playoffs. How does this sit? And how does this work? with my futures plays. I have the answers here, and I'm going to tell you, there isn't a consensus, but I have some answers. So this came across from Jeff Davis from the Caesars, okay? Jeff Davis is saying, describing the results of the yes-no prop on NHL teams making the playoffs, they're going to get crushed. They're going to get crushed because people had the Blackhawks out, and they are the team... That's going to just kind of crush them. Now, this is a, a, a problem for the yes-no about making the playoffs because is this an official playoff? Well, Gary Bettman said, we're calling it a playoffs, and then he said, well, it's not really a playoff. It's more of a tournament. So the wording on the ticket gets a little bit weird. You know, Todd Furman put out there, and he said, surprise, no stipulation about the games being played. There are stipulations, but the stipulation is this. Quote-unquote, all league decisions are final for betting purposes. Bets will be refunded if playoffs don't take place. Well, if all league decisions are final, then these are playoff teams. But, hold on, there's another caveat here. Because the caveat is that Bettman said, according to Gary Bettman, only the winners of the play-in round, which I just read you the odds, will be considered to have made the playoffs. So what do we do here, folks? You, you can hear where I'm a little confused on the wording myself, and the sports books themselves are confused. No one's paying out as of this morning, okay? It's a hold situation because the NHL didn't officially say this to the playoffs. As a matter of fact, they said whoever wins in the first round, well, they go to the playoffs. But they also said it's a 24-team playoff bracket. That's Gary Bettman's words. So he's, he's kind of double-talking here, and we're not sure. We're not sure what it is. So here we go. We have another sports book. Okay? Sportsbook across town here, MGM, says, here's how the NHL futures will be handled at 
the MGM. Cup and conference futures still valid. So if you have a Stanley Cup winner, if you have a conference champion, you have an active ticket. Okay? And nothing changes. It's a truncated season, but nothing changes. Hold your ticket. You have an absolute chance to win out. Points and wins total. Okay? So if you took how many points a team's going to get, if you had the win total on a specific team, refund your money. You will not win. You will not lose. Now, your immediate reaction on something like this is that, oh, that's great. I had so-and-so, and they didn't get to that many wins. But there are teams that already went over their wins or their points totals. So that is a refund. Doesn't matter if you're on the winning side and you already had a winning ticket. Nope, refund. Doesn't matter if you were not even close. Oh, my goodness. I'm not even going to come close to my number. Doesn't matter. Refund. Division winners. Although division winners were granted, and, and Bettman said, here are the winners. Refund. So if you had a division winner and in a truncated season, your team won the division, you are not paying that ticket out. It is a refund. Now, the good news is if you had a team like the Blackhawks winning, right? If you had, a, if you had one of those teams uh, winning the division and you took a stab and you went for long odds, heck, even one of these eliminated playoff teams, you, you took a long odds and a giant stab. Well, you don't lose either. So it's a full refund there. Yes and no playoff props refund. Like I said, different shops handling different things. Okay. Caesars was concerned late last night that they would have to pay out because the Black Hawks made the playoffs. Now, playoff props, yes and no, refund. This hurts the better. This is hurting the better. Jeff Davis was nervous about it. They're refunding that. Now, other shops are refunding. Full refund. This is hurting the better. So, so far, I was okay with Cup and Conference Championships. Hey, still valid. Sure. Points, wins total. Might might screw a couple people over. All right, I'm okay with a refund there. Division winners. Ah, that gets a little dicey. I'm a little upset if I got a division winner and they were named the division winner. But I can live with it. Yes, no playoff props. This is terrible. But I understand why they have to do it. You can't tell me that the Blackhawks are a playoff team at 500, right? I mean, I understand why they have to do it, but I don't like it. So that's where you have that. Division winners, stipulations, the fine print, they must play 82 games for a division winner is the reasoning for that. Well, how about this? From BetMGM which is, as we know, uh, a different entity. Following the NHL's decision to forego the rest of the regular season and move directly into a modified 2014 playoff, we avoided all following futures markets. Division winners and season win totals. Division winners, season win totals, very consistent with what we're looking at. They are voided. They are refunded. You're going to get your money back. Do not rip up those tickets. Hand them in. You're going to get what you paid. But 100 bucks. For them to win it, you're getting your 100 bucks back. There's no VIG. There's nothing lost. It is just an exchange ticket. You're holding whatever you put on that ticket, you're holding in your wallet. Go to the cashier. Go to uh, you know your online account, and just you'll get your refund. The following futures markets remain unchanged. Stanley Cup champions, that's across the board. Everyone is still having a valid Stanley Cup championship. So 
Although there's a truncated season, although there is a playoff 24-team bracket, although all of that exists, the Stanley Cup championship odds that you have, that ticket still is valid. Conference championship, same exact thing, still is valid. And here's the interesting one. Season awards, still valid. Still valid for season awards. All right. Okay. So that's pretty good, right? I mean, you're going to get MVP, you're going to get you're going to get all that. That's still good. So some prop plays are paying out, some are not. I think it's good public relations for shops to pay out the yes no on the playoff props. But let's be honest, look, the fine print is there. 82 games is 82 games, okay? This is what we have to understand, that 82 games is going to be the 82 games. It is in the fine print. I never believed that the yes or no playoffs would be there. Until Bettman kind of called it a playoffs and then I guess sort of backed off of that, I don't think anybody really believed that. So that's where we are with the NHL. It's really good news today. I wanted to give you the betting angle. We have odds to talk about. We have payouts to talk about. Let me reset and kind of tell you what we've just gone over. NHL is coming back. It is going to be hosted in two cities. Those cities yet to be determined. Okay? Those two cities, in my opinion, maybe Dallas and Minnesota. Vegas could have an outside shot. I I just don't think Canada is there. So we know NHL is coming back. When is the NHL coming back? Probably not until mid-July. They're saying maybe camps could open in July. I would have a July 15th, oh, by the way, my birthday, I would have about a July 15th target date, um, potentially late July, but we will have a Stanley Cup playoff. How is it going to be done? You could have a play-in series. I gave you all the odds there. Who do I like? Maple Leafs minus 160 is pretty good. Okay, Edmonton minus 150 is pretty good. Islanders at even, and I really do like the Rangers plus 130. Plus 130, that's going to be my my bet that I'm going to uh, kind of load up on a little bit there because I do like the history and whatnot. And then finally, what about my futures tickets? If you have a futures ticket, do not rip any up, okay? Your Stanley Cup is valid. Your awards are valid. Your, your conference championships are valid. All the other things that we talked about, division winners, points, wins total, all of that, it's either going to be paid out or it's going to be refunded, guys. So don't throw anything away. If you're resetting the odds, I know people ask me all the time, if you're resetting this all and you're asking me now, all right, Tom, neutral city, who am I liking? Who am I liking with the with the bye weeks? Who am I liking with the advancing? Who am I liking through all this? Not much changes, guys. Not much really changes. Um, I mean, obviously, if somebody gets a home ice, it's going to be a little bit better. Before the season, I told you, it's just hard for me to see Tampa Bay not moving on. It's hard for me to see Tampa Bay not being one of the elites. Boston and Washington are going to be in that mix. And on the other side, look, St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, Dallas. I mean, those are the top four. Vegas and Dallas have those hot goaltenders. Colorado and St. Louis are interesting. If you're asking me today, what do I see? If you're asking me, who am I going with? It's got to be Tampa Bay. I still think Tampa is probably the best team in the league when they are healthy. This layoff will help them get healthy. Uh, Vegas can get red hot. Dallas absolutely can get red hot. Boston is your number one overall seed. I get it. 
Washington has the experience of those rings in their pocket. I get it. But I still think Tampa Bay is the most complete team. I thought that last year, and we learned the hard way. But I think Tampa Bay is the most complete team. Before the year, I told you I was going back to the well with Tampa Bay. From their goaltending to their absolutely 1-2-3 punch that I don't think is matched in the NHL. Now getting Stamkos back, I just think that Tampa Bay is the team to beat in the NHL. Before the year, last year I took Tampa Bay, didn't work out. Before the year, I said I'm going back to the well. Well, ladies and gentlemen, with a truncated schedule, with a 24-team playoff, with a play-in game and everything that we now have in front of us, I'm still sticking with the same team, and I think you need to approach the season with a very similar mindset. I think you need to approach the season with a very similar idea. This is the team that they were all year. This is the team that they'll continue to be. So that is our good news about the NHL. We're going to take a quick timeout, come on back. Lots more to talk about. We'll be right back, right here on Wagering Week. And now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on. What are the odds? What are the odds? Well, we're going to the NFL, guys. And we have odds. We have odds. Who will be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears in week one? Nick Foles, the newly acquired Nick Foles, is sitting here at minus 320. Mitch Trubinsky at plus 200. Oh, why are these odds interesting this week? Well, they're interesting because Bears coach Matt Nagy said both Nick Foles and Mitch Trubinsky will play with the starters during preseason. Well, this gets even more interesting when you know Nagy's history. Nagy doesn't normally look to play as starters in August. He doesn't like that. He usually sits them down. Chicago's open competition, quote-unquote, will force the issue, and we'll see if Trubinsky at plus 200 holds any value. The consensus was that the Bears were finished with Mitch Trubinsky when they turned down his five-year contract. But the guy is still very talented. He's also a player that has already taken this group of players to a playoff game. And, oh, by the way, put them in a position, double-doink notwithstanding, to win that game. Mitch Trubinsky, if you're a Chicago Bears fan, you want him to steal this job, to look massively improved, and to make the Bears force the issue. But they went out and got Nick Foles for a reason. Nick Foles minus 320 is still the right play as of today. He also has experience under quarterback coach John DeFilippo with the Jaguars and Eagles. The new offensive coordinator, Bill Razor, with the Eagles. And Nagy, who is with the Eagles and Chiefs. Foles should be the guy. But if you're a Bears fan, plus 200 under Mitch Trubinsky, you may not want to bet this, but you are hoping Mitch Trubinsky steals this job and starts to live up to all of the potential that the Bears thought that he might have. That is what are the odds. All right, we'll stick with the NFL theme here. And let's talk about a little bit of NFL news. Uh, the NFL, obviously, is a league that is very far off. And everyone's coming out and saying they fully expect, 100% fully expect, everything to go down and, and us to have football. Okay, I agree. You know, you look at this and you say, yeah, I, I do. I think that w- there will be football. I think there will be NFL. Absolutely, we could go into that. But this week, 
with all the news that there will be football, there was some NFL news that was a little bit alarming, and that is Dak Prescott, guys. Dak Prescott turned down a 10-year, $210 million deal and says he wants, quote-unquote, Jeff Bezos' money or bust. Now, Dak Prescott is a guy that I like on and off the field. I like what his game provides. Off the field, I think, you know, look, he's a good guy. He's uh, he's what you want in a franchise quarterback. But the Dallas Cowboys offered him, this is a good, solid offer. He wants $35 million a year. To understand that, that means that the Dallas Cowboys would have to offer him $350 million. Look, this is a deal. Dak wants to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Now, on one hand, you say, who cares? Give him the money. Let him be the highest paid quarterback because in like two years, there'll be like seven or eight quarterbacks that get paid hot more than him. And that's that's reality. Dak's agent knows that. and We all understand that. The team could also franchise him. There could be a lot of things like they Kirk Cousins him. That That's the new thing. And oh, by the way, the Cowboys landed Andy Dalton. Did they bring in Andy Dalton as actual competition? Or did they bring in Andy Dalton to sit back and say, all right, Andy, you know, go out there and win the job? Is that why they did it? So you turn around and you look at a guy like Dak Prescott and, and you have to start talking about the pros and cons. So let's talk about the pros and cons of this man being the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Look, I will talk about the pros first. Uh, well, before I start that, let me just explain. Matt Ryan was the highest paid quarterback in the NFL before he won the NFL, uh, before he won the MVP. Matthew Stafford for years was the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. It's not always the best player. Okay. Here are the pros for Dak Prescott. He is a franchise quarterback. Franchise quarterbacks are rare to find. He is a guy that you can hit your wagon to, and he is the Dallas Cowboys quarterback for the foreseeable future. It's now just a matter of money. He's a good guy off the field. That matters. It does matter. When you are the Dallas Cowboys, that matters. It matters that you smile for the cameras. It matters that you're not getting in dust-ups. It matters that you're not uh, worried about things. It, it matters off the field. The team wants him there. You know, you're the leader of a team, and you look around. Well, the team wants you to stay. They want the continuity. This is a team that believes that they're going in the right direction, a team that believes that, oh, yes, we are a Super Bowl contender. So there's that continuity factor. But do you pay for that? Do you pay for that just because? Well, let's talk about numbers. Third best quarterback last year for passing yards per game. Third best in the league. That's a big, impressive number. Only 11, touch, uh, 11 interceptions all season last year. He doesn't make mistakes. Top 10 in rushing for a quarterback as well. Prescott, Prescott threw for a career-high 4,902 yards with 30 passing touchdowns. So you look at the pros, you have a consistent quarterback that you can rely upon. You have a franchise quarterback you rely upon. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't hurt you. And he's getting better according to the numbers. Here are the cons. Well, the cons are, are somewhat obvious. They just spent a ton of money on Ezekiel Elliott, making him the highest paid running back in the league. Well, 
That means you're a running team. And the Dallas Cowboys are a running team. If you're a running team, why would you spend this much money on a quarterback? Well, that that's a problem. Go get an offensive line. They would want to go spend the money elsewhere. There's no money for other people if you go spend this much money on your running back and quarterback. Just think about just the quarterback money. Drew Brees, who I, I love Drew Brees, went out and did this and said, I want to be very highly paid. Well, the Saints went through a little lull there, didn't they? After the Super Bowl, Brees got paid. They went through a lull. Now they're coming back. Why? Because Brees isn't the number one paid quarterback in the league any longer. They were able to spread the wealth. They were able to go out there and get different talent. Aaron Rodgers for years has said, give me the money, give me the money, give me the money. And his organization has told him, look, if we give you the money, we're not going to have money to go buy other guys. Well, that's happened to the Aaron Rodgers. So there is that aspect. They're also loading, loading, loading up on offensive weapons, which means you could take even a mediocre quarterback, <clears throat> Andy Dalton, right? Um... And you can make him better because you have such explosive weapons. Cooper and Gallup, uh, along with Zeke. I mean, just add the weapons. You also have Cam Newton hanging out there. And you're saying, well, if Dak decides to sit the season, or if he holds out, or we can't come to an agreement, Cam Newton is out there. Andy is in camp. There are alternatives. And then this is the most damning thing for Dak Prescott. And it's reality. We start to talk about numbers. Take your feelings out. I like Dak Prescott. Do I think he deserves this much money? No, but I like him. Okay? 16 of Dak Prescott's 30 touchdowns came against the Giants, the Redskins, and the Dolphins. Let me repeat that. 16 of his 30 touchdowns came against the Giants, the Redskins, and the Dolphins. That means he only threw 14 touchdowns in 13 other games last year. Guys, he cleaned up on the garbage competition. He was also 0-8 after halftime last year if he was trailing. So there is a lot of numbers to not like about Dak. Let's talk about the Cowboys' odds, though. And what are the betting community in the betting world like? Cowboys are at 9.5 wins over under. Well, that means you're a playoff team if you get to the 10 wins. Even if you get to 9, you might be a playoff team. You're probably a playoff team. So Dak at the helm, the odds makers say you're a playoff team. Dak at the helm, the odds say you're 10 to 1 odds on a Super Bowl. Again, this is what the betting public thinks, not exactly the odds makers, but the betting public thinks that it's a pretty decent shot at the Super Bowl. Minus 110 to win the division. You're the favorite in your division. So with Dak at the helm, you're the favorite in your division. You're expected to win 9 to 10 games. And you're one of the top five teams to go to the Super Bowl. That's pretty good numbers. How about this? Dak Prescott right now on the betting board sits third for the MVP at 9-1 to one odds. So a guy that sits third who's supposed to win the division, supposed to go to the playoffs, and has a good shot at the Super Bowl is asking for money that would be consistent with those asks. Let's go a little bit deeper. Bet MGM has passing yards total at 42.999 and a half over under. Well, last year he had the most passing yards, right, that he ever had in his career. Most passing yards in his career, and he didn't get to this number. He actually fell about 100 yards short of this number, but he's got new weapons, right? He's got Mike McCarthy, who's going to want to throw the ball all over the field. How about passing touchdown? 26 and a half. Again, over under. Last year he hit 30. But he's a running quarterback in the goal line. That's one of his attributes. And Ezekiel Elliott is still there inside the goal line. 
So I'm looking at Dak Prescott overall, and I'm saying this. Dak Prescott is a franchise quarterback. Dak Prescott should get a lot of money. I think the Cowboys offered him a fair deal here. It's 10 years, $210 million. He's at, what, 35? Can the Cowboys come up to 25, 26, and him come down that far? Look, you're asking him to come down $10 million per year, right? You're asking him to come down $10 million per year and the Cowboys to go up? Like five, what if they settled in? What if a number for Dak would be 28, 27, 28? I, I, I'd live with that. I think Dak is a guy that's going to get the Cowboys to the Super Bowl. Uh, one of these years, if they continue to keep building this, I think Dak is a guy that can win the Super Bowl. I do. But I also think that the Dallas Cowboys are not built around Dak Prescott. I, I, I'm I'm torn about where I stand on Dak Prescott, but I know this from a betting angle. Cowboys nine and a half wins. I'm not touching. I think they probably win about nine games, maybe ten. I'm not touching it. Ten to one odds on the Super Bowl. Yeah, not for me. I don't think the Cowboys go on the Super Bowl this year. I don't think they have enough this year. Minus one ten to win the division. I already told you I have the Eagles winning the division, but it's not a terrible bet. Nine to one odds for Dak to win the MVP. Absolutely dumb bet. Just a stupid bet. You don't go anywhere near that. Terrible bet. Terrible bet. Passing yards. I think he can get the most that he's ever had with a Mike McCarthy offense, with the players that they're going out there and getting, with the people they put around him. But passing touchdowns, I won't go to 27. So what I'm looking at in my projections for Dak Prescott is a guy that will be battling to win the division. He's a guy that might win a playoff game. He's not finishing top five in the MVP. He's not going to the Super Bowl. He's not going to the NFC Championship game. He'll get 43, 4,400 yards. He'll get 25, 26 touchdowns. Is that the highest paid quarterback in the NFL? It shouldn't be. But like I said at the beginning of all this, the best quarterback in the NFL isn't always the highest paid. And if you give Dak this money now, in five years from now, Dak will seem like a bargain. Well, he could seem like a bargain. And there are a lot of young guys that are going to go out there and go get paid. There are a lot of young players that are just going to absolutely break the bank. I don't think that Dak Prescott is as good as his number believes. I also don't think Dak Prescott is as bad as people are saying, get rid of him and just replace him. The Dallas Cowboys are better with Dak Prescott behind center. And Dak Prescott is better on the Dallas Cowboys. I think they have to come to some conclusion. 10, million, 10 years, $210 million is not a slap in the face. But they are $14 million per year apart. That's a massive number. I've said all along I think that something gets done with Dak. I thought he would settle in at 25, 26. It might now have to get to 28 or 29 or so. I think they still get something done. Where we stand on a betting angle, though, I think Dak is who we, we have seen him to be. That is a good quarterback. I don't think he's top five, but I think he's top ten. And that is all that I have to say about Dak Prescott for right now. I know he's been just absolutely consumed in the news, but that's all I'm saying about him right now. We'll see what we have down the future. Speaking of futures, here's Bet to the Future. We're sending you back to the future. 
Bet to the future. All right, bet to the future. This is a potential matchup. Bovada, though, threw out uh, the the offshore. They threw out some potential lines for a potential fight in 2020. Usman against McGregor. A lot of people saw what happened on Twitter, and I'll get to that in a moment. Usman minus 235. McGregor plus 185 is the potential number that we've been having. Look, Conor McGregor... um, And Usman, there was really not a lot of talk about this until all of a sudden, I guess he caught wind of this, did Usman. And (laughs) to put it bluntly, and we'll clean it up for radio here, he basically said he could stop in the middle of the fight and uh, have sex with with McGregor, (laughs) okay? His tweet says, I really don't understand why you all want this man dead. I'd shag him in there if I wanted to, and he'd do nothing. Oh, so there's a little bit of words there. McGregor lost for uh, UFC 246. He beat a guy with shoulder strikes, head strikes, ground and pound in 40 seconds, right? And that was in January in Vegas. Dana White said he's been asking him all about Fight Island, which is that that island in the octagon that they're going to try to get to because of the coronavirus and all that. So I think that there's some interest here. Um, I, I like McGregor. I root for McGregor. I, I like what he's brought to the sport. But guys, well, let's just break it down here. Uh, McGregor is in a bad matchup. Minus 235 will probably go higher. This will probably end up at like 275 or so. But it's an interesting proposal. And I think that's a fight that we might have on the horizon. All right. Let's circle on back. To the beginning, let's circle on back to what is happening with the coronavirus. Cuomo and Murphy, New Jersey and New York governors, both said, yep, they are cleared for sports, but no fans. All right, well, the NBA is in discussions right now, and it's looking more and more likely by the day that the NBA will resume play in Orlando and play all their games in Walt Disney. They're hoping to be be playing by mid-July. And this is uh, reported by multiple, multiple outlets. Orlando's on track to win the bid. It makes a lot of sense for them to come back. They want to come back. Adrian Wojciechowski said Adam Silver would have Seven game series. He doesn't want to shorten this. Look, if they're all in Orlando, oh, Vegas has been thrown in the mix also, but they're if all in Orlando, they'll do league-wide testing. They'll make it almost like an Olympic village down there. The league is reportedly, uh, they're hoping to get 70-game regular season, but with the 70, seven-game playoff, I think that they're going to have to take the NHL path here, which is the regular season is over. It's done. I don't think you can move on in this spot. With a regular season, I think you have to take the NBA path, the uh, the NHL path. The NHL path makes a lot of sense. So I think that's where we're looking. This week, the Hornets announced they'll open practice facilities for volunteer workouts. That also is the Knicks and the Nets. They said they're going to open up their practice facilities this week, and that's in New York, which is a hard-hit area. Bulls, Celtics, Mavs, Pistons, Spurs, Sixers, Warriors, Wizards all said, yeah, let's, let's all open it up. Now. Amico Hoops is reporting on Twitter that an NBA general manager told them that Wednesday, July 22nd is 
where they're trying to target. July 22nd is the target date to kind of restart everything. If you start to think about where they're going to be playing, how much time they need, how much time off they need, what they need to kind of get their legs under them, yeah, I think if you start to break all that down, late July makes a lot of sense on a lot of different levels, guys. I'm hearing a lot more of a late July opening than I was hearing the July 4th. All along, I thought July 4th would be a great opening day, bring America back, and all of that. Now you're hearing, well, you know, there's a lot of ramp-up time and what we're going to do with the ramp-up, so it, it makes some sense. That's the NBA. How about Major League Baseball? Well, Major League Baseball, can we just say, is a mess? Can we just, just flat out, can I just overlie it and say it's an absolute mess? Major League Baseball proposal to the players yesterday said players making 563500 which is the minimum. It's good to be a Major League Baseball player, right? They'd only make 262 217 Stars making $35 million would make $7.8 million, 7 million. That's including postseason bonuses. So they are trying to kind of chop all of the numbers down. Exact percentage of Major League Baseball aren't known, but a lot of people are basically saying the best played guy, paid guys, Trout, Cole, Verlander, Scherzer, this is from John Heyman, they might make about 20 to 30% of their full salary. So, for instance, Garrett Cole, who signed a beautiful new contract, right? Garrett Cole won't make $36 million this year. He'll make nine. Now, this is a huge opportunity for places like the NHL, NBA to take over Major League Baseball. And the spin is making the players sound bad. But, guys, they're asking them to take like 20 to 30%. I mean, that's a massive knock. I just don't know how baseball can continue if all of the other leagues begin and baseball doesn't. This is where I'm in a, a, an upset mode. So let's continue. From John Heyman, $1 million players. Player makes a million dollars a year, you're making four thirty-four. Two million dollars, seven thirty-six. Five million dollars, one point six two. This is where we're going with this. It is a drastic, drastic number. Now you would expect that the players association is going to veto this very fast, right? You would expect that the veto is coming in. Uh, I mean, massively fast. You can't imagine that this is going on. Now, owners are still getting rich. Owners are billionaires. They're asking the players to take all their losses here. A lot of people, and I will read a statement from somebody on my Twitter that said, they ruined a season and locked players out. Took me years to come back. I don't know if I'll come back after this. Major League Baseball statement was, we made a proposal to the union that is completely consistent with the economic realities that are facing our sport. We look forward to a responsive <laughs> come back. Hey, guys, the response is not, you shouldn't look forward to it, okay? You should not look forward to it because you don't you don't want the response that I think is going to happen. I, there's no way the players say yes to this. And then we get into the big problem. And, and, and the big problem is not getting to the number, which eventually I, I assume that they would all get to. The big problem is the timing. We're in a position, and Travis Sawchick, who's been on the show before, wrote a very in-depth analysis about the realities of coming back and how much time. But basically what Travis wrote, and I'll, I'll read a little bit here, is the players prorated for 82 games 
would have yielded 1.9 billion benefits. The owner's plan would have given them about 1.21. They're asking them to take about a 38% cut. But where Travis Sarchak continues to go on and he continues to kind of highlight what we're all worried about here is the reality that you need time to get this all going. A lot of players are out there and a lot of owners and, and just look, the general society is worried about when the coronavirus will have phase two, right? Or uh, I shouldn't call it phases. This is what the opening is, whatever it is. Uh, the second incarnation of this deadly disease. A lot of people are thinking that, yeah, it'll go away for the summer. Sure, we'll be okay. And then October, November, it's going to come back like the flu does all the time, right? It, it's going to come back. So players don't want to extend the season into November and December. Well, that means you're kind of on a time clock if you are absolutely determined to get into 82 games, which they keep saying 100 games. The goal has been from the beginning, and Bob got Nightingale talked about this. The goal has been from the beginning to begin spring training in early to mid-June, hoping for an early July opening day would take the season into late October, potentially even November. Well, here's the problem. If you are delaying and you're arguing and you're throwing ridiculous numbers around, and yeah, I'm on the player's side here, guys. I know the players are going to get bashed. I'm on the player's side. They've already agreed to a prorated contract. Now you got to prorate it even more. But here's the problem. If you continue with these arguments, there's not much time to meet the goals. We are sitting here. You wanted to open up training camp? In early to mid-June? Guys, early June is five days away. Mid-June, you're talking, what, what, not even three weeks, two and a half weeks to get all of this in place? The more they drag their feet, the more reluctant they are to sit down and to come to an agreement, the more people are just going to turn away. And I'm already worried for Major League Baseball when you're in a spot where the NHL is going to be in playoff mode, the NBA is going to be in playoff mode, and all of a sudden, yeah, okay, well, you start in late, you know, mid-July, you know, late July, you're going up against the NHL playoffs, you're going up against the NBA playoffs, and in, in a month, the NFL and college football are back. I'm worried already for Major League Baseball. And by dragging your feet, you're not going to be able to get this in. I have been very consistent with the idea that I did not believe that the NHL would come back. I really didn't. I didn't believe that it would logistically be able to come back. They are the first to announce that they're coming back. I believed all along that baseball would get some form of baseball in this year. Guys, I am not optimistic at all. I have become very pessimistic on baseball because of just the reality of finances. Major League Baseball, you have got to. I don't care who you are. You have got to get three weeks of training camp in. Probably a month. Ideally, you want a month. But you have to get at least three weeks of training camp in. And you're talking about from the moment that baseball eventually gets to the negotiations, tack on a month. 
If they got to the negotiations and said, yes, by this weekend, let's say, you're still talking about getting training camp up and running. You're still talking about July. And once July bleeds into mid-July, bleeds into late July, now you're talking about a World Series in December. Guys, this is bad for baseball. It just is bad for baseball. We are in a position where the NBA is saying all the right things. We're going to try to come back. We're coming back. We have LeBron and his minions turning around and sitting down with the commissioner and saying, we want to come back, and the players want to come back, and the commission says, we want to come back, and the NBA says, we're going to come back. And the NHL said, oh, we got travel problems. We got Europe problems. We got Canada problems. But we're going to do this crazy 2014 playoff, and we're going to come back. And everybody goes, all right, excellent. And the NFL said, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. I know we're in a bad spot. We don't want to give a date. We're going to be back. We're going to be back. And you have Major League Baseball going, all right, we can come back, but we, we can't sit down and negotiate. It's a bad look for baseball, guys. They're going to lose fans. They're going to lose some diehard fans. This is a bad look for Major League Baseball. And I just look at this position, and I look at the numbers that the players and the owners are exchanging, and we just talked about Dak Prescott's contract. These numbers are drastically different. I am in a very good mood today because we have an NHL. I have odds. I have things that I could bet on that that we have somewhat of a target date. We're hearing July 22nd thrown around. We're hearing the NBA thrown around. We're hearing that these these leagues are coming back. But then you get to baseball. And baseball is in a bad spot. I'm hoping that the next time we talk next week, guys, that it is a completely different theme. I hope that I'm energetic to a different point because Major League Baseball you know, basically came to the conclusion that we have to have a season and someone's got a break. But right now, I'm skeptical. So that's it, guys. Look, lots of good stuff. NHL is back. I gave you my picks. The NBA looks like it's coming back. Hopefully next week we're going to get more news. We are getting back to normalcy and back to building your bankroll. I'm Tom Bart for Wagering Week. We'll be back, and you can bet on that. This has been a presentation of the Sports Garden Network. To be a part of the show, call 1-855-4-GARDEN. That's 1-855-442-7836. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N. Get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at sportsgarden.com.